Act Two of Amphitryon by Molière, translated by Henri Van Lamme. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, Amphitryon, Socia. Come here, you gallows bird! Come here. Do you know, Master Scoundrel, that your talk is enough for me to knock you down, and that my anger only waits for a stick to beat you as I wish? If you take it in that strain, sir, I have nothing more to say, and you will be always in the right. What, you wretch! You wish to foist upon me as true stories which I know to be impossibly extravagant? No i am the servant and you are the master it shall be just as you wish it sir come i will suppress the anger that is burning within me and listen at length to the details of your mission i must clear up this confusion before seeing my wife collect yourself consider well within yourself and answer word for word to each question but for fear of making a mistake tell me beforehand if you please in what manner you wish this matter explained shall i speak sir according to my conscience or in the manner usually employed when addressing the great must i tell the truth or am i to be complacent no i shall only compel you to give me a very straightforward account very well that is sufficient leave it to me you have only to question me upon the order which i lately gave you i set out the skies veiled with a black crape swearing strongly against you under this vexatious martyrdom and cursing twenty times the order of which you speak how so you scoundrel sir you have only to say the word and i shall tell you lies if you wish that is how a servant shows his zeal for us no matter what happened to you on the road to have a mortal fright at the slightest object that i saw poltroon nature has her whims in forming us she bestows on us various inclinations some find a thousand delights in exposing themselves i find them in keeping myself safe when you reached the house i wish to rehearse a little before the door in what strain and in what manner i would give a glorious account of the battle what then someone came to disturb and embarrass me who socia another i jealous of your orders whom you sent from the port to Achmena, and who has as full knowledge of our secrets as i who speak to you what tales no sir it is the plain truth this i sooner than i found myself at our house and i swear to you sir that i was there before i had arrived whence proceeds i pray you this confounded nonsense is it a dream is it drunkenness aberration of mind or a bad joke no it is the thing as it is and not at all an idle tale i am a man of honour i give you my word and you may believe it if you please i tell you that believing to be but one socia i found myself two at our house 
and that of these two eyes, jealous of each other, one is at home, and the other is with you, that the eye whom you see here, tired to death, found the other eye fresh, jovial, and active, and having no anxiety but to fight and break bones. I must be, I confess, of a temper very staid, very calm, and very gentle, to allow a servant to entertain me with such nonsense. If you put yourself in a passion, no more conference between us. You know all is over at once. No, I will listen to you without excitement. I promised it. But tell me in sober conscience, is there any shadow of probability in this new mystery which you have just been telling me? No, you are right. And the affair must appear to everyone past belief. It is an incomprehensible fact, an extravagant, ridiculous, irksome tale. It shocks common sense, but it is not the less a fact. How can a man believe it, unless he be bereft of his senses? I did not believe it myself without the utmost difficulty. I thought myself touched in my mind to believe myself too, and for a long time I treated this other self as an impostor but he forced me at last to recognize myself. I saw that it was I, without the least stratagem. From head to foot he is exactly like me. Handsome, unnoble mien, well-favored, charming manners. In short, two drops of milk are not more alike. And were it not that his hands are somewhat too weighty, I should be perfectly satisfied about it. With how much patience I must arm myself. But after all, did you not go into the house? That is good. Go in? He? In what way? Did I ever wish to listen to reason? And did I not forbid myself to enter our door? How? With a stick, of which my back feels still the smarting pain. You have been beaten. Indeed I have. And by whom? by myself you beat yourself yes i not the eye that is here but the eye from the house who strikes like four heaven confound you for talking to me thus i am not joking the eye whom i met just now has great advantages over the eye who is speaking to you he has a strong arm and lofty courage i have had proofs of it and this devil of an eye has thrashed me properly. He is a fellow who does impossible things. Let us have done. Have you seen my wife? No. Why not? For a sufficiently strong reason. Who hindered you, rascal? Explain yourself. Must I repeat the same thing twenty times to you? I, I tell you, this I stronger than I, this I who by force took possession of the door, this I who made me decamp, this I who wishes to be the only I, this I, jealous of myself, this valiant I, whose anger showed itself to this cowardly I, in short, this I who is at home, this I who has shown himself my master, this I who has racked me with blows. His brain must be disturbed by having had too much drink this morning. May I be hanged if I have had anything but water. You may believe me on my oath. Then your senses must have been asleep, and some bewildering dream has shown you all these confused fancies which you foist upon me for truths. As little as the other, 
I have not been asleep, and do not even feel inclined for it. I am speaking to you wide awake. I was quite wide awake this morning, upon my life, and quite wide awake was also the other Socia, when he belaboured me so well. Follow me. I command you to be silent. You have wearied my mind enough, and I must be the veriest fool to have the patience to listen to the nonsense which a servant utters. Socia aside. Every discourse is nonsense coming from an obscure fellow. If some great man were to say the same things, they would be exquisite words. Let us go in without waiting any longer. Ah, but here comes Elmina and all her charms. Doubtless she does not expect me at this moment, and my arrival will surprise her. Scene 2. Alcmena, Amphitryon, Cleansis, Susia. Alcmena, without seeing Amphitryon. Come, Cleanthes, let us approach the gods and offer up our homages for my husband and render them thanks for the glorious success of which Thebes, by his arm, reaps the advantage. Perceiving Amphitryon. Oh, ye gods! Heaven grant that victorious Amphitryon may be once more met with pleasure by his wife, and that this day may be propitious to my passion, and restore you to me with the same affection. May I find as much fondness as my heart brings back to you. What? Return so soon? Truly, this is, in this instance, to give me but a sorry proof of your affection, and this— What? Return so soon is hardly the language on such an occasion of a heart truly inflamed with love. I presumed to flatter myself that I had stayed away from you too long. The expectation of an ardently longed-for return invests each moment with excessive length, and the absence of what we love, however short, is always too long. I do not see— No, Alcmina, we measure the time in such cases by our own impatience— and you count the moments of absence as one who does not love. When we really love, the least separation kills us, and the one whom we delight to see never comes back too soon. I confess that my fond affection has reason to complain at your reception, and I expected different transports of joy and tenderness from your heart. I am at a loss to understand on what you found the words which I hear you speak, and if you complain of me, I do not know in good truth what would needs satisfy you. It seems to me that last night, at your happy return, I showed a sufficiently tender joy, and repaid your proofs of affection by everything which you had reason to expect from my love. How? Did I not show plainly enough the sudden ecstasies of a perfect joy? And can a heart's transports be better expressed at the return of a husband who is tenderly loved? What is it you tell me? That even your affection showed an incredible joy at my reception, and that, having left me at the break of day, I do not see that my surprise at this sudden return is so much to blame. Has some dream last night, Alcmina, anticipated in your fancy the reality of my return which I hastened? And having perhaps used me kindly in your sleep, does your heart imagine my love sufficiently repaid? Has some disease in your mind, Amphitryon, by its malignity, obscured the truth of last night's return? And as to the tender welcome I gave you, does your heart pretend to rob me of all my honest affection? 
methinks this disease with which you entertain me is somewhat strange it is the only thing one can give in exchange for the dream of which you talk to me unless by a dream one can certainly not excuse what you tell me now unless by a disease which troubles your mind one cannot justify what i hear from you let us have done with this disease for a moment Alcmina. let us have done with this dream for a moment amphitryon as to the subject in question the jest may be carried too far undoubtedly and as a sure proof of it i begin to feel somewhat moved it is in this way then that you wish to try to make amends for the welcome of which i complained and you wish to try to divert yourself by this feint for heaven's sake let us cease this i pray you Admira, and let us talk seriously it is carrying the jest too far amphitryon let us end this raillery what dare you maintain to my face that i was seen at this spot before this hour what have you the assurance to deny that you came hither yesterday towards evening i i came yesterday undoubtedly and just before the break of day you went away again amphitryon aside heavens was ever such a debate as this heard of and who would not be astonished at all this sozia she has need of a half a dozen grains of hellebore sir her brain is turned alcmena in the name of all the gods this discourse will have strange consequences recollect yourself a little better and reflect upon what you say i am indeed seriously reflecting and all the inmates of the house witnessed your arrival i do not know what motive makes you act thus but if the thing had need of proof if it were true that one could not recollect such a thing from whom but yourself could i hold the news of the latest of all your battles and the five diamonds worn by tellerus plunged into eternal night by the force of your arm what surer proof could one wish what have i already given you the cluster of diamonds which i had for my share and which i intended for you assuredly it is not difficult to convince you thoroughly of it and how alcmena pointing to the cluster of diamonds at her girdle here it is sozia sozia taking a casket from his pocket she is jesting and i have it here the feint is useless sir amphitryon examining the casket the seal is unbroken alcmena presenting the diamonds to amphitryon it is an illusion there will you think this proof strong enough oh heaven oh just heaven come amphitryon you are joking with me by acting in this way and you ought to be ashamed of it break the seal quickly sosia having opened the casket upon my word it is empty it must have been abstracted by witchcraft or else it must have come by itself without a guide to her whom it knew that it was intended to adorn amphitryon aside ye gods whose power directs all things what is this adventure and what can i augur from it at which my passion startles not sosia to amphitryon if she speaks the truth we share the same fate and like me sir you are double hold your tongue what is there to be so much surprised at and whence this great emotion amphitryon aside 
Oh, heaven, what strange confusion! I see supernatural incidents, and my honour fears an adventure which my senses do not understand. Do you still think to deny your sudden return, when you have so sensible a proof of it? No. But be so kind, if it be possible, to relate to me what happened at this return. Since you ask an account of the matter, you still wish to insinuate that it was not you? Pray pardon me, but I have a certain reason for asking you to relate it. Have the important affairs which may occupy your mind made you so soon lose the remembrance of it? Perhaps so, but in short you would oblige me by telling me the whole story. The story is not long. I advanced towards you full of fond surprise, I embraced you tenderly, and more than once testified my joy. Amphitryon, aside. Ah, I could have done without so sweet a welcome. You first made me this valuable present, destined for me from the conquered plunder. Your heart vehemently unfolded to me all the fire of your passion, and the carking cares which had kept it enchained in the joy of seeing me again, the pangs of absence, all the trouble caused by your impatience to return, and never on similar occasions did your love seem to me so tender and so passionate. Amphitryon aside. Can one be more exquisitely tortured to death? As you may well believe, all these transports, all this tenderness did not displease me, and, if I must confess it, my heart, Amphitryon, found a thousand charms in them. What then, pray? We interrupted each other with a thousand fond inquiries. The repast was served. We supped by ourselves, and, the supper over, we retired to bed. Together? Assuredly. What a question is that? Amphitryon aside. Oh, this is the most cruel blow of all and of which my jealous passion trembles to assure itself. Whence comes at this word so deep a blush? Have I done any harm in sleeping with you? No. To my great grief it was not I, and whosoever says that I came hither yesterday tells of all falsehoods the most horrible. Amphitryon! Perfidious woman! Ah! What outburst is this? No, no. No more fondness, no more respect. This misfortune puts an end to all my firmness, and my heart at this fatal moment breathes only fury and revenge. And on whom would you be revenged? And what want of faith makes you treat me now as a criminal? I know not, but it was not I, and this is a despair which renders me capable of anything. Away, unworthy husband, the fact speaks for itself, and the imposture is frightful. This is taking too great an advantage of me, and it is too much to condemn me for faithlessness. If in this confused outburst you are seeking a pretext for breaking the nuptial bonds which hold me enchained to you, all these excuses are superfluous, for I am fully determined that this very day all our bonds shall be dissolved. After the disgraceful insult which has been revealed to me, it is what, no doubt, you should prepare for. It is the least that can be expected, and things may perhaps not rest there. The dishonour is certain. My misfortune is plainly revealed to me, and my love endeavours in vain to conceal it from me. 
but i am as yet unacquainted with the particulars and my just wrath demands to be enlightened your brother can openly vouch for it that i did not leave him until this morning i am going to seek him in order that i may confound you about this return which is falsely imputed to me afterwards we shall penetrate to the bottom of a mystery unheard of until now and in the transports of a righteous wrath woe be to him who has betrayed me sir do not accompany me but wait here for me cleanthus to alcmena must i i can attend to nothing leave me alone and follow me not scene three cleanthus socia cleanthus aside something must have disordered his brain but the brother will immediately put an end to this quarrel socia aside this is a sufficiently severe blow for my master and his adventure is cruel i very much fear something of the same kind for myself and i will very gently explain myself to her cleanthus aside let us see whether he will so much as speak to me but i will let nothing appear socia aside these things are often annoying to know and i tremble to ask her would it not be better for safety's sake to remain altogether ignorant of what may be the truth yet at all events i must try and find out i cannot help doing so one of the weaknesses of human nature is curiosity to learn things which it would not like to know may heaven preserve you cleanthus ah you dare to come near me you wretch great heavens what ails you you are always in a temper and you get angry about nothing <laughs> what do you call about nothing say i call about nothing what is called about nothing in verse as well as prose and nothing as you well know means nothing or at least very little oh, i do not know what prevents my scratching your eyes out infamous wretch and teaching you how far the anger of a woman can go hello whence comes this furious outburst what then you reckon as nothing what you have done to me what <laughs> what you pretend to be innocent is it by the example of your master that you will say that you did not return here no i know the contrary too well but i shall not be cunning with you we had drunk of i do not know what wine which made me forget all that i might have done <laughs> you imagine perhaps to excuse yourself by this trick no seriously you may believe me i was in a condition in which i may have done things for which i should be sorry and of which i have no recollection you do not at all remember the manner in which you treated me when you came from the port not in the least you had better give me an account of it i am just and sincere and would condemn myself if i am wrong how oh, amphitryon having warned me i sat up until you came but i never beheld such coldness 
i had to remind you of your having a wife and when i wished to kiss you you turned away your head and presented your ear good what do you mean by good good heavens you do not know why i talk like this cleanthus i had been eating garlic and like a well-behaved man did quite right in turning my breath a little away from you i gave you to understand the tenderness of my heart but you were as deaf as opposed to all that i said and not a kind word passed your lips courage in short notwithstanding my advances my chaste flame found nothing in you but ice and i felt disappointed to receive no response from you even so far as to refuse to take your place in bed which the laws of wedlock oblige you to occupy what did i not go to bed no you sneak is it possible wretch it is but too true of all affronts this is the greatest and instead of your heart making amends for it this morning you separated from me with words of undisguised contempt bravo socia what this is the effect of my complaint you laugh at this pretty piece of work how satisfied i am with myself is this the way to express your regret for such an outrage i should never have believed that i could so well control myself far from condemning yourself for such perfidious behaviour you show your joy for it in your face good gracious not so fast if i appear to be joyous think that i have a strong inward reason for it and that without thinking of it i never did better than in behaving to you in such a way just now are you making fun of me you wretch no i am speaking frankly to you in the condition in which i was i had a certain fear which by your words you have dissipated i was very apprehensive and feared that i had committed some foolishness with you what is this fear and let us know wherefore the doctors say that when one is drunk one should abstain from one's wife and that in that state there can be no other result than children who are dull and who cannot live reflect if my heart had not armed itself with coldness what inconveniences might have followed <laughs> i do not care a pin for doctors with their insipid arguments let them give rules to the sick without wishing to govern people who are in good health they meddle with too many affairs in pretending to put a curb upon our chaste desires and in addition to the dog days they give us besides their severe rules a hundred cock-and-bull stories into the bargain gently no i maintain that theirs is a wrong conclusion those reasons emanate from crack-brained people neither wine nor time can be fatal to the performance of the duties of conjugal love and the doctors are asses i beseech you moderate your rage against them they are honest people whatever the world may say of them <laughs> you are altogether in the wrong box your submission is in vain 
your excuse will not pass and sooner or later i will pay you out between ourselves for the contempt which you show me every day i keep in mind all the particulars of our conversation and i shall try to profit by the liberty which you allow me you cowardly and perfidious husband what <laughs> you told me just now you mean wretch that you would freely consent that i should love another ah oh, as for that i am wrong i retract my honour is too much concerned you had better beware of giving way to that passion if i can however but once make up my mind to it let us suspend this conversation for a little amphitryon returns who seems quite contented scene four jupiter cleanthus socia jupiter aside i shall take this opportunity of appeasing alcmena of banishing the grief in which her heart wishes to indulge and under the pretext that brings me hither of giving my passion the sweet pleasure of reconciling myself with her to cleanthus alcmena is up the stairs is she not yes full of uneasiness she seeks solitude and has forbidden me to follow her whatever prohibition she may have made does not apply to me scene five cleanthus socia hmm. he has soon got over his grief from what i can see what say you cleanthus to this cheerful mien after his terrible quarrel that we would do well to send all the men to the devil and that the best of them is not worth much these things are said in a passion but you are too much taken up with the men and upon my word you would all look very glum if the devil should carry us all off <laughs> indeed hush here they come scene six jupiter alcmena cleanthus socia alas do you wish to drive me to despair stay fair alcmena no i cannot stay with the author of my grief i entreat you leave me what leave me i tell you jupiter softly aside her tears touch me to the heart and her grief saddens me aloud allow my heart to no do not follow me whither would you go where you shall not be that would be a vain attempt on your part i am attached to your beauty by too tight a bond to be separated for one moment from it i shall follow you everywhere alcmena and i shall fly from you everywhere i am very dreadful then more than i can express to me yes i look upon you as a frightful monster a cruel furious monster whose approach is to be feared as a monster to fly from everywhere the sight of you gives me incredible pain it is a torment that overwhelms me and i see nothing under heaven of what is frightful horrible odious which would not be to me more bearable than you this is alas what your own mouth says i have much more in my heart and it is but too sorry that i cannot find words to express it all 
and what has my passion done to you alcmena that i should be looked upon by you as a monster ah oh, just heavens and he can ask that is it not enough to drive one distracted ah in a, a gentler spirit no i wish neither to see nor to hear anything of you have you the heart to treat me thus is this the tender love which was to last so long when i came hither yesterday no no it is not and your cowardly insults have willed it otherwise it exists no longer this passionate and tender love you have cruelly destroyed it in my heart by a hundred piercing wounds in its place stands an unbending wrath a keen resentment an invincible contempt the despair of a heart justly incensed which intends to hate you for this grievous affront as much as it intended to love you and which means to hate as much as possible alas how little strength your love must have had if it can be destroyed by so small a matter must that which was only play occasion a divorce and is there any occasion to be so angry at a joke ah it is just this at which i am offended and which my anger cannot forgive i should have felt less hurt at the true outbursts of a fit of jealousy jealousy produces impressions of which the force often carries us away and the most collected mind at such times finds it without doubt difficult enough to be answerable for its emotions the violence of a heart which may have been mistaken has something to bring back a soul which it has offended and in the love which gave it birth it finds at least in spite of all its violence reasons for being excused those outbursts have always as an excuse against anger that cause which created them and we easily forgive that which we cannot master but in wantonness of heart to get into an uncontrollable fury so deeply to injure without cause the tenderness and honour of a heart that dearly loves you ah is too cruel a blow and one which my grief will never forget ah yes you are right alcmena i must submit this action is no doubt an odious crime i do not pretend to defend it any longer but allow my heart to exonerate itself in your eyes and to tell you who is to blame for this insulting outburst to make a frank avowal of it Achmina, it is the husband who has committed all the evil it is the husband whom you must regard as guilty the lover had no share in this brutal transport and his heart is not capable of offending you this heart has too much respect and tenderness for you ever to dream of it and if it had the guilty weakness to do aught to wound you he would pierce it with a hundred stabs before your face but the husband has stepped out of that humble respect which should always be your due by his harsh proceeding the husband has shown himself and he thought that the laws of marriage permitted him everything yes it is no doubt he who is guilty towards you he alone has maltreated your amiable person hate detests the husband i consent to it and leave him to your mercy but alcmena preserve the lover from the resentment 
which such an offence raises in you do not throw the effect of it on him separate him somewhat from the guilty one and in order to be just do not punish him for what he has not done ah all these subtleties are but frivolous excuses and such language is only an annoyance to irritated minds you use in vain this ridiculous prevarication i distinguish nothing in him who offends me everything becomes the object of my anger and in its just violence the husband and the lover are confounded both alike occupy my thoughts and by my wounded heart are painted in the same colours to my eyes both alike are criminal both alike have offended me and both alike are odious to me very well since you wish it i must then charge myself with the crime yes you are right when you immolate me to your resentment as a guilty victim a too just anger against me sways you and all this great wrath which you now display is making me suffer only lawful torments it is right that you shun me and that in your anger you threaten to fly from me everywhere i must be an odious object to you you must wish me a great deal of harm my transgression in having offended your charming eyes surpasses every horror it is a crime to offend men and gods and in short i deserve as punishment for my audacity that your hatred should employ its most furious darts against me but uh, my heart craves your mercy to ask it i throw myself on my knees and implore it in the name of the most brilliant flame of the tenderest love with which a soul can ever burn for you if your heart charming alcmena refuses me the pardon which i dare request a sudden stroke must deliver me by death from the harsh rigour of a penalty which i am unable to endure yes this condition drives me to despair do not think alcmena that loving as i do your heavenly charms i can live one day under your anger the merciless length of those moments makes my afflicted heart already succumb beneath their deadly blows and the cruel wound of a thousand vultures are nothing compared to my violent grief alcmena you have only to declare it to me if i have no pardon to hope for this sword shall immediately by well-aimed blow pierced before your eyes the heart of a miserable wretch that heart that treacherous heart only too deserving of death since it could offend so adorable a being only too happy if in descending to the dark regions my death may appease your anger and if after this mournful day it leaves in your soul no impression of hatred whilst remembering my love that is all which i expect as a sovereign favour ah too cruel husband say speak alcmena must i still feel kindness for you and see you outrage me by so many insults whatever resentment an outrage may cause can it hold out against the remorse of a really enamoured heart a heart full of passion would sooner expose itself to a thousand deaths than offend the object of its love the more one loves the less difficulty one feels 
no speak no more about it you deserve my hatred you hate me then i make every effort to do so and i am vexed to think that all your insults cannot bring my heart even so far to indulge in that revenge but why this violence since to revenge yourself i offer you my life pronounce its doom and immediately i shall obey can she who cannot hate desire your death and i i cannot live unless you forego this anger that overwhelms me and unless you grant me the favour of a pardon which i implore at your feet sophia and cleanthes kneel likewise decide upon one of the two quickly either to punish or to absolve me alas what i can resolve has appeared much clearer than i wish my heart has too well betrayed me for me to wish to keep up the wrath which you mention to say that we cannot hate is it not saying that we forgive ah charming alcmena i must in the excess of my joy desist i am angry with myself for so much weakness go sosia and make haste a sweet rapture charms my soul see what officers of the army you can find and invite them to dine with me softly aside mercury can supply his place while he is away from this scene seven cleanthus sylcia well cleanthus you see how they arrange matters will you in imitation of their example make up a little peace between us some little reconciliation ah for the sake of your beautiful face <laughs> truly yes to be sure what you will not then no ah it signifies little to me so much the worse for you well well come back zounds no i shall do nothing of the kind and i shall be angry in my turn now get you gone you wretch leave me alone one gets weary sometimes of being a virtuous woman end of act two